Johnny. Yes, sir. We are back. And before we get to the show, I wanted to tell you about a place where I get some tasty beers and tasty food. Where do you do that in the year 2018? Nah, happy 2018, man. Happy 2018. Uh, here in Chico, California, I like to go to the Handlebar. Maybe, have you heard of them? I have heard of them. They've got great food, great beer. They do. Tell me what else you know about them. Uh, they just remodeled. Yep. They've got a sweet new menu with more things to eat, and they put in more beers on tap. And I've heard there's a killer happy hour, which is? Yeah, it's every day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m. And what that means is you get a dollar off any other draft beers, which Holy is an insane guacamole. deal. Because they already have great deals in their beers. Again, that's the Handlebar here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out any day of the week between 2 and 6 and, uh, you know, get that deal. Yeah, they've got some great new menu options. I prefer that they have vegan cheese now. It's pretty dope. Yeah, right. They do that. I'm a rookie that didn't turn off my phone. I love it. This is a unique ad. We're doing it every time. It doesn't matter. Bong. That was someone, <clears throat> That was from the Handlebar. That was someone actually emailing me. Oh my gosh. About the handlebar. Perfect. They They're were like, like, we heard your ad just now. We're going. Tell me more about their sweet happy hour. Yeah. Go check out the handlebar, guys. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Come on, come all. This is Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about film and craft beer. And My it, name... Oh. Oh. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, and it's 2018. And it's 2018. Happy New Year. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. This is our first episode of the new year. Indeed. First and foremost, I wanted to take a quick second to apologize for skipping out on a week. We know uh, we've gotten hundreds of emails. Where have you guys been? We had to take some time off. Yeah. Someone actually threw eggs at me on the street. Oh man. Yeah. They recognize your face. They did. Yep. We <laughs> describe each other enough, yeah. I think. Pretty, pretty. Yeah. Uh, so peasants uh, rest easy because we are back. Yes. Your fearless leaders are back. <laughs> you can now have opinions that we tell you to have about movies. Uh, and beer. Yeah. We got no emails, so you're all dead to us. Not uh, one. Unless you thought about writing. I don't know. Not one. No one missed us. Yeah. No, we took a, took a week Sorry. off, took a little bit of holiday time. It was nice. Yes. It was good. Um, but now we're back. We're refreshed. We're talking about some great beers and a great movie. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. But first, Johnny, I want to know what you've been up to. Give me the highlight of your last couple of weeks or oh, two highlights. Whatever you got. I had a really fun time on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Nice bottle of share. Had a few <clears> friends over. Stayed up to like three in the morning. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. That all. What time did you wake up the next day is the question. 9 a.m. No, you didn't. Fit as a fiddle. That's disgusting. Chipper made coffee. Hmm. Yeah, it was nice. Good, man. Uh, New Year's Eve for us was what, four days ago? Give or take? Yeah. Today's what the is fourth? I don't know what day it is. Oh, boy. Today's the third. Mm, is it? I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's Today's the third. third. Good work. <clears throat> Good work. We know what yeah, day we... it is. The holidays have been rough. I drank yeah. a lot in December. <gasps> Yeah. A lot. Yeah, I did too, man. Like, I think I'm still, like, I think yesterday I was realizing I'm still kind of hungover and dehydrated mm-hmm. from, like, Christmas and yeah. pre-Christmas. Yep. So, yeah, it's I drank a lot of water today. Good for you. Yeah. Hydration is important. It is, or you'll yeah. die. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Yeah. No, that's a fact. Imminent death. You can also overhydrate, uh, yeah. which means you'll also die. Yeah. From drowning. I like to be somewhere. Enough. You, like, drown your insides. I like to so. be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like, gently drowning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But living. Yes. Extra hydrated. Extra hydrated. Uh, anything else crazy about since I've seen you? Not crazy. Highlights. Not crazy. <clears throat> no, man. Life's been chill. Took some time off. You know, it was mm-hmm. nice having a few nights. You know, free time is always nice. Spend it with some family. I don't remember if we... We talked after Christmas, right? Oh, yeah. 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 
I don't remember. The last, December's always kind of a blur. But yeah, not much has been going on in the last week. Nothing too crazy, man. Just well, all right. seeing a movie. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, I've, on the other hand, been cramming a lot of um, media into my life. Yeah, well, media. Mm-hmm. And also, I want an update on the record. Right. So I've got a few highlights. Yeah. Uh, number one, I suppose, is this is this album I'm working on. Gotten a lot of stuff done. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I had to cancel last week is because I was going to be busy working on this this record. Yeah, simply not enough time. Correct. Max has a job. I do. And, and he- sometimes it takes up all my time. <laughs> and other times I do nothing except sleep till noon yeah. and not put on pants. And those days it's a lot easier to crank out podcasts. Totally. But in the moments when you do have to work, mm-hmm. we have to adjust. Yes. Um, so I've been doing that. I got all of the um, all of my vocals done, all of my guitar stuff done. Um, so we're going to do some more kind of auxiliary tracking stuff in the upcoming week. Um, I am preparing to go on tour in February. We're going to not take time off. We're going to pre-record some episodes for you guys, uh, but I'll be on the road most of February. So that's getting kind of in my brain around the corner. Yeah. So that's been fun. Is the record going to come out <clears throat> before the tour? Yes, you know? ideally. So yeah. I'm doing a couple different releases, actually. I'm doing digital and CD releases to take on tour, but then I'm going to have a vinyl release in, I think, April. Dope. Um, so we'll see how that goes. If you If you like vinyl and you're listening to this, uh, and you want mine <laughs> present. Yeah. You know, right in, I'm going to put it on every time you come over, please do just be real awkward. Yeah. It'd be great. Just have you playing in the, we're background. absolutely going to go back to our music thing when that comes out on bake. What you're listening to now is me. Yeah. <laughs> like I insist. Yeah. It could be fun. I'm actually really proud with the way that it's going. Cool. Yeah. I've um, heard a couple snippets guys. It mm-hmm. sounded pretty good. Showed him a rough mix. I just got the rough from, from my producer, Chris. And, uh, yeah, he, he dropped box them over to me and I was listening through and kind of trying to figure out some ideas for where we're going to take it. But nice. It's going well. Um, on the media side of things, I've watched and absorbed several things. Number one being the movie that we saw this week, The Greatest Showman, which is kind of a segue into another highlight. I was in the theater Tuesday night, last night, and the screening ended at around 9.30. Pretty full theater for a Tuesday and, you know, a movie that's been out for two weeks. But, and I told you this before we started, at the end of the film, some dude clapped. I think he was going for like a joke. He like clapped three times and it got super quiet and awkward and everybody looked at this dude and then the entire theater erupted in applause and like cheering. Everybody in the theater was like clapping. That's amazing. It was so good. Um, Cause if you haven't seen this movie, um, you, sh- you should, but if you have seen it, you know, the, the, the feelings that this movie gives you, it's uh, we'll get into it later, but it was very appropriate and it made me very happy and feel like we're all a community and nothing else mattered, but the joy that we got from this movie. Nice. <clears throat> so I saw that movie. That was great. I don't know if you know this, but there's a new season of Black Mirror on Netflix. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I've watched two of the episodes. I haven't. They're very good. Okay. Um, I also watched a horror movie that's been on my list for a while called It Comes at Night. And I haven't seen that yet. Yes, which I'm excited because I rarely have a leg up in the horror department. Do you have the hard copy of that? Yeah, it's, oh, I rented it, but yes. Well, can I borrow it tonight? Uh, I need to have it back by tomorrow at midnight. Can we just take it back to all the best? Yes. I'll just do that. Perfect. Uh, but it's a, it's, it's a psychological thriller horror movie with... Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Joel Edgerton is the the main guy, and he's he's like a dad. He's got a kid uh, and a wife, but it's this post-apocalyptic thing. You don't really understand what the deal is, but there's a lot of fear and mistrust, and it's a, a good, scary tale about human nature and what isolation and fear will do to us. Nice. Very good. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. It sounds really intense. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, we got to finish this episode so I can go watch that. Yeah, dude, so. it was it was very good. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I've yeah. been <laughs> consuming massive amounts of Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, classic. Good you work. just I, you put it on and it makes you feel good inside. Mm-hmm. You know, you just laugh and it's a wholesome 
hearty laugh. Yeah, you know, it's a good, it's a good show. And I don't usually laugh at hearty, wholesome things. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, mean, you it's, don't. It's a really nice. It's like a guilty pleasure almost, but it's just a pleasure. Ooh, last thing we we had a uh, no, never mind. I saw a thing. I yeah. saw a comedy special. I was going to mm-hmm. ask you. We actually sat down and watched a comedy special together with our buddy Jared. Yeah. Um, well, it was called Three Mics with Neil Brennan. By Neil Brennan, yeah. And it was actually something that I had pushed for us to watch. It was actually something that Johnny had told me about months and months ago, and I swear I had watched it, but I, yeah. guess, I guess it slipped through the cracks. I remember we talked about it on the mm-hmm. podcast, because after I saw it, I was like, this is the most original inspired thing I've ever seen yeah. a stand-up comedian do. It's a, it was a very good It was a very good special. I It was sort of a long day for me. I started uh, because of Gianna. She came home with like three giant bottles of champagne. I was like, let's drink champagne. It's Friday. And it was like around New Year's. So that was the day. So I'd been drinking champagne. Um, I remember so specifically because at one point I had my mimosa. By the way, the way to make a mimosa is 50-50. Sure. I'm just going to throw that out I there. You're like 80-20. Champagne, orange juice? Yeah. Yeah, no, I go 50-50. Splash? Just, no, I do fi- okay. half and half. It's the best. Ironically, I did put some half and half in one at one point during yeah. that day. It was all right. So it's you like were, an orange creamsicle. You were basically just making <clears throat> uh, New England IPAs. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, But I I remember because I poured a Red Bull into it. Nice. And that's why I went all night. I didn't get up until noon, massively hung over the next day. Savage. Kind of segued nicely into my mostly sober January thing that I'm doing that I've done in the past. Um, Where was I going with that? Oh, Um, the special. Right. So that was that day. We'd been drinking mimosas. So I was a little bit drunk by the time we watched it, but I remember it very vividly because it was a very good special. Um, And I highly recommend you guys check it out too because it was very good. It's one of those comedy specials that it's – it's way more of a piece of art than a comedy special. Yeah. Like it was not just funny. You know what I mean? Totally. There's, I mean, there's a lot of life, life lessons he talks about. It's the, the three mic premises that he has three different microphones for three different t- styles of co- comedy. We'll yeah. Say comedy. And Johnny explained it to me. There's one mic for one liners, one for more traditional standup and one for more of like his life and storytelling. Serious stuff. And more serious. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Still with funny parts, but a little bit more heavy handed kind of dark humor in some parts he talks about his depression a lot yeah that sort of thing it was really nice it was almost it felt very therapeutic you could tell it was cathartic for Mm -hmm. him to produce that special so i was really happy we got to sit down and watch that and it was really good upon even say i think i've watched it twice before that so that was like my third time yeah and it still holds up really good yeah once again that's that's three mics by neil brennan it's available on netflix and probably other places if you uh go to those places check our twitter we'll tweet out the link perfect or just the trailer. You can watch it on YouTube and then check it out on Netflix. Cool. Yeah. Uh, how about we move into this beer? Yeah, let's do it. You have once again bravely picked out our beers for the week, and I want you to tell me what we're about to imbibe upon. Yeah. So the first beer we have up is a beer from Tanaya Creek Brewing in uh, they are Las Vegas. Took me a second. I knew that, and I forgot. And we are drinking Bonanza Brown Ale. To describe that can, you got it, man. Uh, it is a. I don't. Would you say Art Deco? Is that what you used earlier? Kind of like an Art Deco-y, like pop art. Almost. I don't know what that means, the Art Deco thing, but um, I let's if that's correct, just then yes. like modern. Considering that is their old logo. Oh wow, that's yeah. It used to be like yeah, oil painting or painted. Um, but there's this uh, there's this eagle on it. Yeah, and it's this very kind of patchworky looking can. Um, do you want me to read the, the I was, back of the... you got to read it. There. I've got that. Sweet. Take I just away. needed you to describe that while I pulled up the sure. website. It's 5.6%, by the way. Just in case you're not in the room watching. That's right. what was happening. Yeah. All right. Bonanza Brown Ale. Our brown ale is a malty brown ale with dark amber hues. There's a velvety smooth body with a light bitter finish from our friend, the Chinook Hop. 
We've struck a balance to the bitterness with a hint of spiciness while using Tatang hops to give this ale a pleasurable aroma. We live in Las Vegas and enjoy the surrounding area of Red Rock Canyon. Do yourself a favor, get to nature, get a beer, and enjoy it. Yeah. So this is a 5.6% American brown ale. It's extremely light tasting. You know, I totally forgot. There was a highlight that I've had. Oh, yeah? All those tasting notes just reminded me of that. What was it? I got my level one Cicerone beer. I can't server. believe I also forgot that. Yeah. Let's, we got to talk about that for a minute. It was pretty cool. It'll add some pressure to you tasting this beer. Not now. even. No. <laughs> what is what is a Cicerone? So a Cicerone is kind of an internationally accepted system of defining beers and beer styles and tasting notes and whatnot. Very well put. Yeah, and you get into the higher rankings of Cicerone and it gets into tasting beers in front of a panel in a very high pressure test situation where you're yeah. like, they give you a beer and you have to tell them what style of beer it is mm-hmm. and what's wrong with it. Oh like, yeah. They give beers with the off flavors. flavors. Sure. Yeah. So, but I got a level one, uh, beer server. So it's right. basically for anyone that works in beer around beer with the beer industry. Uh, and it was really just a ton of questions about identifying different beer styles, tasting notes, stylistic differences, uh, like the five different, uh, flavored notes you know, that you have on your palate, different things like sure. that. So it was really fun. It was cool taking the test. I studied for like a couple hours mm-hmm. and passed it on the first try. Yeah, I'm curious. Like now that you've taken it, do you think somebody like me would be able to pass it? I think you would have to little little studying uh, with a little. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I think anyone that uh, is a like a moderate to higher than average connoisseur of craft beer that is familiar with the way different styles mm. taste. If you have some background in that type of knowledge, you with minimal studying could probably succeed. I mean, and it's also a lot of memory. Right. You I was. Know, it's probably a tough question now that it's all in your brain, but do you remember like when you finally took the test where you're like, oh, I knew that even before I studied? There's a few. But was it mostly stuff that you had learned for the test? 70, 30. Okay. 30 being stuff that I had learned or... Oh, okay. So you knew most of it. A lot of it, yeah. Okay. I mean, just having a pretty strong background in the beer industry and a lot of the questions were about how to pour a beer, how to clean a glass, right. draft systems, stuff like that. But if you've never poured a beer from a keg, sure. stuff you wouldn't know. So, yeah, I had kind of a leg up for sure. But mm-hmm. I think just the average beer consumer with with a moderate amount of, of studying and you know putting things to memory could nail it. But it's a really cool thing to say that you've done. Totally, man. So, do you, because uh, there's multiple levels to this, do you have aspirations for the second? Maybe. Or the third? How many are there? Four? Yeah, Five? There's, there's like, there's four. The top level is like, there's so few people there's in the like world. Three that have, of, there's like yeah. three people in the world. And the other thing that's tricky about this, and I think it's probably good, otherwise, a ton of people will just, not that it needs to be exclusive, but. When you get up to the higher echelon of this, it starts getting pretty pricey to take these tests. Yeah. Like I think the second second level, it's like a $5,000 test. Okay. You have to like pay that much money to, which feels kind of dumb to me at the same time. Well, I know the one up from where I'm at, it's like 180 bucks just to take the test or oh, is that something. It? Maybe but it's like, a, it's like a four hour test uh-huh. and you have to drive to get it. Yeah. There's one coming up in April in Sacramento. You going to do it? I know some people that are studying to do it. I'm going to probably be sitting in on their their study sessions. You should do it, man. It'd be a lofty goal. Yeah. Uh, I know a head brewer for a brewery that failed it, but he Mm. didn't study at all. He just went in. The ego on some people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I think it's it's something I could achieve. It would require a lot of time and effort, Mm -hmm. but it'd be kind of neat. 
maybe this is naive, but since doing this podcast, obviously we've both gotten more into film, but I have toyed with the idea of like going back and getting a minor in film okay. study. Um, and I don't know if it's just the, how, like partially, obviously I enjoy it, but it would be really cool to have some sort of certification. It'd be nice to just know the backbone mm-hmm. of, you know, the essential parts of a film and certain filming techniques and yeah. writing techniques that cater to certain styles. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like a beer, like mm-hmm. knowing all the ingredients that are supposed to go into this recipe to make it taste a certain way. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be fascinating. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's, let's turn back to this beer real quick. Speaking um, of tasting. Indeed. You've had a few of these before. Yeah. And you have clearly had, an, now you're having another one. So you like it. Yes. It's very good. I am a huge fan <clears throat> of brown ales. Yeah. Love the American brown ale. It's got a lovely nuttiness mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. Yep. Uh, that is a flavor that I've come to realize i really enjoy in my coffee as well oh yeah for sure nutty full-bodied flavor like something from colombia i've been finding a lot of like colombian beans are really they've got that Mm. just kind of nutty and warm definitely so yeah i really enjoy this beer yeah it reminds doesn't rhyme me but one of my go-tos for for brown ales is moostrel sure sky that's like an american standard right out of montana and um i don't have you know it's not a style i reach for all the time okay Uh, but i do have it in my brain that they're usually a little bit thicker than this mm, but not I, yeah necessarily. maybe not this kind of reminds me of more of a like a traditional english brown or even like a, a bitter yeah um as far as like mouthfeel goes and body but it's very good very drinkable um and exactly what you said like the nuttiness and um i mean I'm, yeah i'm trying to fill space so i can taste it again after yeah you do. it's just kind of nutty and and woodsy a little earthy and it's got a little bit of dryness on the finish. The mouthfeel, it, it's thin and dry. Yeah, it's really good. I, I was just smelling it too, and there's a lot of kind of like a like a caramely sort of note to it. Yeah, um, definitely. But and woodsy was a good word too. And that's from the malts. Mm-hmm. The, give it that nice caramely. Yeah, it's really good. I'm a huge fan of this beer. Um, it is definitely one of the better American brown ales that I've had. It's right up there with Moose Rule in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, man, it's it's good. Like done well, this is a absolute stand standby of a style. Yeah. You know? Like if you're... For me, this type of beer has really been instrumental in getting people that I know that are in my... Like, my dad didn't like craft beers till I gave him a moostrel. It's really? funny you brought that beer Right, up. yeah. Because I'm like, what flavors do you like? And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's like, I love butter pecan ice cream. There you cream. go, yeah, like toffee. Well, his favorite ice cream has always been butter pecan. Good ice so cream. I was like, it's great. Uh, and this beer style fits a lot of the same char- characteristics in that flavor profile. So, so a lot of people that don't like IPAs or super hoppy stuff, right. this is a really good beer that gets into craft beer. Yeah, I had an interesting conversation with my dad that was kind of along those lines too. Uh, not exactly. My dad still doesn't drink beer, but um, he grew up in, in the Midwest and like the beer to him was always, you know, just uh, domestic Midwest, that's lagers. like Ham's country. Right, sure. Yeah. Or like Schlitz back yeah. in the day. Um, so I, I brought home a beer one time and it was like a, it was like a stout. And I poured it and he's like, that's beer? Like <laughs> Because, yeah, he's just, it's just, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, like just, uh, you know, pale yellow, whatever. Yeah. You know, talking about, used, talking it, about it used to come out of a can that just said beer. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do I'll, you feel comfortable giving me a rating on this? Yeah, this is a solid eight. Oh, man, that's a, that's a good rating. Yeah, this is one of the, the best American brown ales I've had. It's exemplary of its style. Yeah, I, it is really good. I also had a conversation with my dad that I want to talk about. Yeah, you uh, you are welcome to. <laughs> you want to rate this beer first, and sure. I'll sneak it in. 
so I, it's like a six and a half for me. Okay. Um, it's, it's good. It's not, it's nothing. The style even is not something that I flip for necessarily. Yeah. It's just not something you super gravitate towards all the time. Right. So I'll say, I'll say 6.5. It's a very good beer. If, uh, if I was trying to find a new style, like you said, like if I was looking for a gateway to something different mm-hmm. for a friend, I would totally throw this their way. This sure. is good. Or if you were ever in the mood for something like this. Yeah, definitely. Which is rare. I'll give it that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's also seems like kind of a well, actually brown ales are cool because they can work in the summertime. I could see this working, but it also works in the winter. Yeah, it's got that nice richness. Like mm-hmm. I think this beer would be pretty good warmed up. Definitely. I think so as well. So over Christmas, I was having a conversation with my dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, son, I saw Star Wars. Oh boy. Uh, sorry, too early for that. I got to bleep that. Remind me. Um, I didn't finish seeing Star Wars. I said I would, and I promised people I'd come back with my thoughts, and I haven't. I'm not going to. Okay. So continue. my dad's filling in for you. Perfect. He's like, son, I'm glad we didn't talk before. I needed to discover for myself how awful it was. Oh, no. At and least he, you guys agreed. Yep. And he's like, I was reading online and just talking about how it's just getting crapped on by Star mm-hmm. Wars fans across the galaxy. Man, that sucks. He said across the galaxy? No, I said oh, that. That's not I spiced funny. it up for him. Yeah, okay. but yeah. No, it was pretty funny. Uh, both my parents were like, it wasn't a Star Wars movie. Mm. You know, it just didn't live up. Yeah. So I don't know. We might be in the minority uh, overall with that opinion, but yeah, that's our family take. We're, you know, we're Fair enough. We're an anti-First Jedi family. Do you guys ever Last say, Jedi. Yeah. Do you guys ever say as like a family slogan, like, summer is coming? Do you ever say that? <laughs> I'm gonna. I would say that all the time. Summer's is coming. Brace, your, brace yourselves. Uh, all right, man. Again, this was uh, this was the Tanaya Creek Bonanza Brown Ale. Eight for you, six and a half for me. Yeah. What say we jump to a break? Let's jump right onto it. Johnny, it is so cold out these days. I just really miss, I miss our podcast and I wish it could come back, but I wish there was a way that people could fund it. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, that'd be nice if people would would help us out with the funding. Uh, Patreon.com. Oh my God, I forgot about Patreon. Yeah, it's a really great way to support local artists and podcasters and painters and musicians and all kinds of fun things that really put out amazing original content that you enjoy. That's exactly right. And for just $1 a week, you can support Fresh Hop Cinema at Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. And not only will you feel the warmth in your heart from supporting a local podcast, we will give you bonus content such as uh episodes cursing yep stories events events more beers hugs love face kisses cats maybe some cats i don't know anything could happen so please don't hesitate go to patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema and donate now i am not a stranger to the dark you're still just the taylor's boy hide away better luck with your next job those people will never accept us. This isn't the life I promised you. Not even close. But I have everything I want. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. I'm putting together a show. It's a place where people can see things they've never seen before. Okay. That was a clip from The Greatest Showman, a brand new, relatively speaking, film starring Hugh Jackman and a cast of folks that we'll discuss in just a minute. 
um, that I loved so much. So why don't you give me your thoughts on that movie? Yeah, welcome back from our break, everybody. <laughs> uh, let's should we talk about this movie a little bit before before we get too deep into our own? Well, it'd be awkward. Sentiments. This is a movie podcast, right? Let's do this. It'd be strange if we didn't. The Greatest Showman was distributed by Fox, and it was released on December twentieth of last year. Again, Happy New Year, everybody. It runs an hour and 45 minutes with a budget of $84 million, and I am happy to say they have already made $93 million worldwide. Beautiful. As they should. Heck yeah. Um, as we said, it stars Hugh Jackman as the very famous P.T. Barnum. You would know him as the guy that basically invented the circus. Uh, his wife, Charity Barnum, is played by Michelle Williams. Zac Efron plays Philip Carlyle, and Zendaya plays Ann Wheeler. And there's a whole misfit cast of characters that come in and out of the movie. Uh, though they are mostly in once they are in one of the best uh, team building montages in this film that I've seen in quite a while. I love team building montages. Yeah, and this one was different and funny and uh-huh. wonderful. Yep. Um, but essentially, it's the story of P.T. Barnum and how his circus act came to be. Uh, it tells the story of him as a child and this love story between him and his wife. He and his wife, I guess, grammatically speaking. And uh, it's uh, it's great. I love it so much. So I've got a thing to say. Yes. Thank you. This movie was very much a musical. It is a musical. I didn't say that. You're right. It, it is a musical. Very much by the same production team. No, it was the same. The same uh, lyricist that wrote okay the songs for La. La so La. basically, very similar musical vibe to La La Land. Sure, in some ways. Yeah, it's mostly the songs. So basically, guys, what I'm saying is, it's a musical. Yeah, and I loved it. Which, if you've been listening to this podcast for, I think, almost exactly a year, Johnny did not love La La Land. No, so, but I don't know what that says. Something I cannot tell you enough how much I loved this movie and how happy it made me, and how I want to see it at least twice more in the theater. Yes, it's uh, it's it's very worthwhile, man. It was so good, um, visually, writing wise, choreography. Like every facet of this movie hit a home run. Yeah, it was, um, and which is strange—not strange, but maybe something to be said. <laughs> which of the was director uh, Michael Gracie? It's his first. It's his directorial debut. Yeah, uh, he's done a lot of other work on movies, but never as a director. He's uh, worked on Naruto. He's actually upcoming. Naruto is coming. I think. I think it's this year. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's done a whole bunch of other supervising stuff on other films. But okay, it's his first time directing, which is crazy to me. Because this movie, it's not a perfect movie. I don't want to say that. Um, but it was very, very good. Well, if you look at what he's done in the past as far as being a visual effects supervisor, digital composer. That actually, I like mean, the visual effects artist. The effects supervisor thing makes sense. Yeah. Like a lot of the way this movie looks makes sense. If mm-hmm. he's coming from directing it with that type of background and totally. point of view. Yeah. Could see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, give me, okay. Let's, uh, I guess let's dive right in. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? What did you? What did you like about this movie most? Is that a fair question? Maybe it's not. You just talk about it. I no, don't have to I'll tell you, you what I liked about it most. Okay, great. It never bored me. There yeah, was never no. a single moment in this movie that something incredibly engaging or thought provoking or emotionally provoking was happening. Mm-hmm. This movie built quickly. Mm-hmm. It maintained that quick tempo yeah. through character building. It progressed the plot quickly, concisely. To the point, and it just flowed. This movie had an amazing flow to it. It yeah. really was just a seamless piece of art. Like it ended, and I'm like, it's over? Yeah. What? So I loved that it did that. I love that the characters really sucked me in. I was immediately drawn 
to all of them. They're so personable. The way they're all written was so identifiable in different ways. And uh, uh, probably the flow of the movie, the general feel of it, and um, the writing. Some of the plot points that they put in that they didn't have to were really interesting. <laughs> like there was an element of race in this movie that was handled really well. Did and, you think that was handled well? Like, do you, are we thinking about the same moment, right? There's a, uh, there's a confrontation that happens. I'm just saying how they dealt with two particular characters' okay, sure, story arc. Sure. Yeah. I like the way that it was, you know, the conflict was presented and there was moments in it where you weren't sure, mm-hmm. you know, but, and then it gets resolved and I think it was resolved in a, a nice way. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So, I mean, there was overall really good writing. Yeah. Like, it was just good. I like the feeling that I got from watching mm-hmm. it. It made me happy. Yeah. Like, it was just such a happy movie. And I think I was in a, like, a really good headspace that day and it was like, I don't know. I've been trying to like let myself be happier and just enjoy silly things. And like going into this movie, I knew it was a musical. I knew it was going to be silly and I wanted to let myself enjoy it or look at it objectively. And it was awesome. Yeah. So I don't know if I would say silly is the right word. There were certainly silly moments, but I think overall it's it's Dude, I, it's a bunch of people dancing and singing in a circus. Right, but so like yeah, to me that's, that's silly. True. I mean there's you know? yeah, there's definitely that. But there's a lot of serious points here too. For sure, but um, I mean, I've said in the past to me, I think musicals are silly. Yeah, you have said People that. don't just break Verbatim. into song in real life. Right. Like, musicals get kind of silly. Y- yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and silly is an objective word for sure. Sure. From, from my perspective, yeah. they have been, but right. the fact that I couldn't enjoy that silliness, in my opinion, that what is silliness? I just, yeah, like, I feel like that's a weird standard, though, because people also don't come down with a hammer and make lightning in real life either but it's part of the movie so you gotta like you gotta accept that that's the universe that you're in and that's maybe what i'm learning to do sure you know yeah you're just kind of adjusting to a different style different genre Mm -hmm. you know i know there's tons of people that like hate horror right you know and it was been my favorite genre since i was a child so yeah it's interesting i was really surprised that i like this movie but i'm really happy that i let this movie surprise Mm -hmm. me yeah, I was, I mean, there's a whole slew of things that I love. This movie, like you said, momentum on point. This movie is flamboyant. It's huge. It's fun. It's the, the friggin' soundtrack blew me away. Flamboyant is a great word yeah, for this Yeah, it's movie. just so, it's just so in your face. It's ready. Like, it's just, it's, here we are. It's the, you know, it's like the theme throughout the movie. Like, this is us. No shame. This is our movie. Mm-hmm. Boom. Um, Hugh Jackman. The last movie that I saw him in, uh, in the theater was Logan. Yeah. Much different. Wow. Role. Much different. Yeah, role. like a whole new respect for him for being, and he's been acting for a long time, and he's just not been on my radar. I haven't seen a lot of his more uh, art housey kind of films too, but um, what have you seen of his besides his role as Logan? Sure. Uh, let me think. Like, are there any memorable roles that come to mind? Let me look that up in a minute because I'm sure if I looked at a list, I'd be like, oh yeah, well, that if one. They come to mind. Uh, Swordfish was a big one. Him, John Travolta, okay. uh, Halle Berry. Um, I could think of more. Because he hasn't, I mean, for me, there's not a lot of memorable Hugh Jackman movies. That seems wrong. Yeah. But I I can't think of any either, which is strange. Yeah, like Les Miserables was good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It was. I still didn't see that one. It was way too singy. I think we talked about that before the podcast. Right. This isn't a full-fledged musical, if a full-fledged musical means nothing spoken. Yeah, like in Les Mis... It's what you're, you say, Les Mis, when you're cool. You do, yeah. You're like you, in the you know. You cut it down. Yeah, yeah, like you're wearing a beret, you're smoking a cigarette, you say, oh, did you watch Les Mis? Right. Before we get too off track, I still want to stick with what I was uh, enjoying here, because um, I will get off track. Oh, yeah. We just did. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, Hugh Jackman, great. Yes. The transitions. I should have taken notes last night, but the transitions in this movie were great. I think it's part of what contributes to the momentum. 
there is a scene, and this is throughout the whole movie. It just flows so beautifully. Um, the scene where one of his daughters is taking a ballet class. Mm-hmm. And another girl in her class does this twirl across the screen, and it's a real close shot of her dress. And the dress comes across from one side of the screen to the other, and then all of a sudden you're in the hall for one of her recitals. Mm-hmm. And it's moments like that that are just like, whoa, okay, we're, we're, moving, we're moving right along. And it's, oh, gosh. Choreography, the dancing and the singing was so good. So good. There's a scene. Well, there's tons of these. I'll start with the first one I remember. Um, there's a segue song from when Hugh Jackman and, um, well, not, let's say P.T. Barnum and Charity Barnum are young. And they fall in love and they are lovers. Or he's, he's like poor. He's not like poor. He is poor. And she is rich. And, you know, different class things there. But he's committed to loving her his whole life. And eventually they move in together. And there's this whole scene of them growing up. And there's one part in particular where they're dancing on a street. And there are trains raised up really high on either side. And two trains come by as they're down below and shoot out train. Well, it's kind of, it's really like, it's not good. It's like, tr- what is train smoke? What is the stuff that you shovel into trains back in those steam, days? Steam, coal. coal. Create a steam. It's like a coal cloud that they're in, but it's romantic, so well, you don't, can't think about the, what they're breathing in. But. Well, it's because coal, like, well, trains were sometimes steam engines. Maybe too. it was steam. Yeah. But it was this beautiful, like, Yeah. I also thought, and I love the early parts of this movie where they were very obviously using um, sets. Mm-hmm. So there's like a rooftop scene as well. Yeah. Also the sheets. Remember that scene where like he throw, he holds her up in the air and the sheets all go whoosh, Mm-hmm. Love. It. I got chills throughout this movie a lot. Oh yeah, um, but you could see in the background there was it was like this painted Hollywood set. Can I just say yeah. one thing mm-hmm. real quick about the song that kind of set the tone for the movie, which was the beginning song where there it was the montage of him and his wife growing up. Yes, and then it was the the song that they were dancing to while they were on the rooftop mm-hmm. with the sheets and in the trains and stuff, and it was the the, the little melody. It it's was so good. We it, should. It reminded me of the little piano riff from La La Land. It I know, was right? Just, it was that little Easter egg that was just peppered throughout the movie that maintained this yep. this continuity mm-hmm. of this melody, and it was so good. Like, I got a little misty because, like, something about the melody of that, like that whole first song. It's so good. I loved it. Do you? Uh, you feel like playing it for people listening? We should give them a taste. They can say. They can say we've lost our minds. I don't care if they call us crazy Run away to a world that we desire Every night I lie in bed The brightest colors fill my head A million dreams keeping me awake I think of what the world could be A vision of For the world we're gonna make. Big, okay, before we get to Hugh Jackman, let's touch on young P.T. Barnum. Yeah. That kid you heard is Ellis Rubin. He's an actor who I didn't know, but that kid can sing also. Yeah, just so you're aware, that was young Ellis singing. Twas. And that also was... Yeah, not so young. Right, Hugh Jackman singing. Yeah, it's that's it's like we were saying right before. Uh, there's this beautiful transition into 
into adulthood mm-hmm. and it goes into this rooftop dancing scene and it is just so perfect yeah, it and magical mm-hmm. and I love it so, so much. <laughs> so friggin' good. Uh, anyway, and then we, we faded out on, on Michelle Williams singing there, but she's also great. This, the song ends with this wonderful duet. It's so good. Um, anyways, the point is Hugh Jackman can sing very well. Mm-hmm. I was telling Johnny as we were getting that set up on our mini break there uh, that his range is way more than mine, <laughs> and that's disappointing <laughs> because he is also a great actor who has been in many more films than we thought. We also figured that out. Uh, we super forgot the prestige somehow. Yeah. Uh, what else did you say? Oh, let's go. see. We forgot again. Kate and Leopold. Yep. The the prestige. Uh, the what was it? The Fountain of Youth or something like that. Something like that. Ah, damn it! I hadn't seen a lot of them, but. Australia was a movie. Yeah. And also he was in a um, film version of the musical Oklahoma. True. The way, lead. The lead. Yeah. Way back in 1999. So this is technically Hugh Jackman's third musical film. You can't be as charismatic as you are in this film, as badass as you are in Logan, and sing as well as he does always. He's sensitive. He's a singer. He's a man's he's, man. He's a man's he's man. He's a jack of all trades. That will do some spins. He's oh god. Do some singing. Great segue into Zach Efron in this. Oh yes, because he did a lot of spinning. Too. I'm gonna make a statement here. If we if we had to suffer through High School Musical, however many there were, just to get Zach Efron in this movie, boy, he is aging like wine, and he worth it. <laughs> just he is a great year, and he now. can sing too, which also makes me mad. And he's just terrible to look at. Right, exactly. A handsome young man. Like, okay, so let's, uh, maybe not yet. Um, I was going to say, let's talk about maybe some more specific relationships in this film, but. No, that's a little spoilery. Yeah, that is that'll, a little That'll be third segment. No, we're just going to probably dive a little bit more in just to what we liked about the plot. Yeah, deal. Some, some I, highlights. I guess I want to hit on some negatives too. Like I said in the beginning, it's not a perfect movie for me, but it is very good. Mm-hmm. I do think it was perfect at achieving what it was going for as far as emotions go. Definitely. Some things fell a little flat, and I want to talk about those things now. Let's do it. Um, So there's a scene, uh, or not a scene, but maybe an arc, a story arc, where uh, P.T. Barnum leaves home for a while. He's on the road. And that felt dragged out to me. There's another character introduced who is a little bit more sophisticated than the circus folks. And that becomes pretty... Uh, pretty established pretty quickly. And we get that there's this darker side of P.T. Barnum who has always kind of resented his wife's parents for being high society and looking down on him. So he's always trying to like one up and impress them. And that leads him on this different arc, more or less. They make that pretty clear that like he's doing this pretty much to yeah. to, to fill some hole in his heart or ego or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that felt a little dragged out to me. That kind of threw off the pacing. I'm I'm As much as I did enjoy Hugh Jackman's performance, I'm less invested in P.T. Barnum than I am with the circus family. Exactly. And and that's what really works. There's this huge sense of camaraderie within those within that crew that I wanted to stick with instead of going on the road with him. And, and I don't know. It felt weird to me. Well, I think the whole point of that little bit of the movie was um, <clears throat> the circus family kind of felt betrayed. For sure, so I yeah. think it was it helped give that feeling by like abandoning the most interesting part of the movie. Yes, you know, so yeah. maybe they were doing that just to achieve that. I get, yeah, I get why it was in there. I just, I don't, I don't know exactly what I would have done differently. Also, there's a phenomenal song that happens within that, mm. um, that we'll probably touch on later. But so like that was probably worth it too. But I just wish that we w- it, it killed the momentum for me a little bit. I could see that. You know, it definitely slowed <clears throat> it. Somewhat. Yeah. The other thing is Zach Efron uh, plays a fella whose last name is Carlisle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Philip Carlisle. 
Young Philip. And he is a procurer of fine arts. He's like a present. He presents plays. Very much a high society dude. Pretty sure he was a play writer. Um, no, I don't think so. M- maybe. Yeah. The other person we should talk about is the is the critic, uh, who is great. Oh yeah. Um. Anyways, so Zach Efron is this kind of dude, and he he gets oh god, it's another great song. The bar scene with mm. with him and PT Barnum. Yep. Oh, and that some choreography, of the, right? Dude. So oh gosh, there's so many good parts of this. Um. Just give a broad overview yeah, of that like, scene and what was happening during it. So. Hugh Jackman decides, P.T. Barnum decides he wants to recruit Carlisle because of his connections and he thinks he can he can reach a broader audience if he has this uh, this higher society fella, uh, you know, teaming up with him. Mm-hmm. So there's this bar scene where they meet up and they're like pouring drinks and there's this beautiful just sequence of timing and, and the cameras are moving around them and they're slamming drinks down and pouring drinks in time. With What is, uh, it's very much uh, uh, an Edgar Wright kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of Edgar Wright. In time with the is, music. In time with the music, also the transitions throughout this movie. And what was neat was a lot of the songs in this movie, this bar scene included, mm-hmm. the music started with them making a noise with their hands yes. or with their mouth. Yep. You know what I mean? Like just banging the table and then, yeah. you know, Zach Efron banging the table like a half a second. Totally. Later. Like a half step, you know, yeah. like a boom, boom. Yeah. So we, we should just clarify too. Edgar Wright of Baby Driver, of Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Hot Fuzz. Uh, what's the other one with those dudes? Oh, the the dead Shaun of the Dead. Of the dead. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Basically, yeah, he's someone you should be paying attention he's, he's to. He's pretty iconic for his transitions and his, his use of creative... F- Sound and foley and music and all and that jazz. He knocked that so out of the park with yeah. with Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. So good. Good God. Um, point is, this bar scene is great, and I there's and it's like the first time you see Zac Efron really step into this musical role. Yeah, and he's killer. He's really good. Uh, frustratingly good. Yeah. No, it's it's <clears throat> seriously save some for the rest of us. Yeah, but what I was gonna get at with him is that he's he's this particular figure for the circus. And when, when PT Barnum goes on the road, he kind of fills in as, as the, the ringleader. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there's this other arc. It's a romantic arc with him and another character that I also feel I, I did buy it. There's a friggin' great scene with them. Um, a great song and a great choreography, but I didn't, I don't know that it needed to be there. Yeah. Um, things that I did like about it was that they were very representative. And I think that's part of what you were saying earlier. They did the race thing pretty well in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great seeing, it's Zendaya is the one who who he they have a thing. Okay, yeah, is she a singer or she's a, a trapeze artist? Oh, do you mean in in real life? Yeah, no, I know. Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm, I feel like that name's very familiar. She's done a lot of stuff, man. She was. Um, let's pull her up real quick. Um, but in this movie, she was a really awesome trapezist. Tra- tra- yeah, trapeze artist, I guess. Tra- trapeziest. Um, right. she, yeah, she's done a bit of singing, I think, and a bit of acting. She played. Um, a character in Spider-Man Homecoming, which is the first thing I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where I've seen her. Um, I think it's mostly acting, though. Okay. Yeah, at least in her modern modern career. She did some, looks like, speckling of, of different things here, a lot of TV stuff and hmm. a lot anything, of Disney Channel anything original Anything I would movies. Rec- recognize at all? Or? How familiar are you with Disney Channel original uh, movies? As familiar Anymore. as a 30-year-old man should be. Sure. Yep, so, so no. Not at all. <laughs> Um, huh. but anyway, she's, yeah. I feel like she's got a bright future. Yeah. She's, she's, she's killer in this. Um, but I don't know that the really, a lot of it felt forced. There's a scene where he, her, um, Carlisle, Carlisle. Why does it sound weird now? Philip Carlisle. Yeah. Carlisle, uh, his parents see he and Zendaya's character, uh, Ann Wheeler out in public. And it's like, you associate with these scoundrels and a lot of it, it led to that beautiful piece that they sang, but 
it just felt a little a little unnecessary to me. Kind of forced. Again, like I'm fully invested in these characters as a family. I you don't need to try to pull any more strings of mine. I'm like I'm all in. You're like I'm already emotionally yeah, there. Yeah, that's like we're good. Yeah. Just roll with that. So mm-hmm. I, I think at some points this movie threw too much at me. Not even to say of like all the different like big performance pieces, which I loved. Yeah. More in like a story way. I think I like that. I mean, take the race <clears throat> thing out of it. It it this movie kind of needed some sort of romantic element sure. more so than between him when between PT Barnum and his wife. Yeah. So I think that kind of filled that okay. role nicely because yeah. there really was no other romantic, you know, plot or subplot. I, I just worry that it didn't need to be there at all. Like I think this movie still would have been fine. What, what, so there's another scene where the, the race thing does come into play specifically one of these, uh, one, like one of the, the critics of the, not an actual critic, like a, he looks like a minor. Mm. You know, like the scoundrels of the town, like, take your freaks so, out of here. So not a critic, but like a protester. Right. Yeah. Protester. Perfect. Um, and he's like, take Cause there's, okay. Ann Wheeler has a brother. They are both black. Uh, and they're trapeze artists. And at one point, Zac Efron is cleaning up after a show and these protesters are still here. And he's like, I'm going to ask you to leave. And he's like, no, this is our town, boy. We're going to ask you to leave. You take you and your freaks and your spook points at the, uh, her, her brother who, like I said, is black. And then there's this great fight scene. Um, but, like that could have been fine for the race thing. It's clear that there are some racial overtones, even with folks like the bearded lady or the Tom, like they're just unwelcome people. And that overlays a lot of racial issues. And it, it interests me to know uh, a little bit more about the time period too, because you mentioned the critic mm-hmm. uh, at one point, the critic mentioned to, to PT Barnum mm-hmm. that it was brave yes. to put mixed race, cast on a stage Mm -hmm. so i mean i think we're dealing with a time period where there still was segregation oh yeah and yeah for sure maybe it could have been he was the first person to put on like a stage production or any type of show with you know a mixed race oh he he definitely was and i think maybe we should have done our due diligence here that thought didn't really occur to me till right now but he was definitely like the first guy to do do this kind of stuff and i'm gonna guess i was gonna say late 1800s but i think it was mid 1800s that this kind of came about okay uh pt barnum was a real person i guess that's probably worth saying okay i'm born in 1810 okay okay facts established nice so yeah definitely still a a rough time (laughs) as far as race relations in america it's arguably worse yes so uh although weirdly enough you didn't see any slaves in this movie like i feel like you probably should have there probably should have been slaves i'm not saying i wanted you know you know what i'm saying (laughs) more slaves always god um the point is i don't think we necessarily needed the the like mixed race relationship to establish that there were racial issues and overtones within this group. Okay, I get so. that. It was kind of presented enough with the brothers obviously fighting with racists. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, right, that, exactly. That, like that's enough. I get, get it. I get your take on that. I feel like it didn't stand out for me as a negative, but I could see mm-hmm. how it could sure. have been. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I was in such a good mood. I didn't really notice any of the bad yes. things. You and, know? and I too, I took the entire night last night to just be like, I just fully enjoyed the movie, and I knew I was gonna have to talk about it today, so I, I thought about. It. So it's just those two. It's the on the road arc, and c- kind of the Zac Efron Zendaya relationship in a weird way. For me, those aren't negatives, but I think they're definitely the two weakest points sure. or slowest points right. in a movie that is very fast paced and engaging and and really enrapturing in, in the environment, uh, probably like the two biggest maybe distractions to that plot. Yeah. So. Do you have anything else you want to say before we go to the danger zone? Uh, you know, I think we covered as much of the story arc as we can. We didn't really get into the story too much as far as the main conflict and any trials and tribulations that happened. Um, but they were there. Yes. And they were <clears throat> encountered. And mm-hmm. I think they were dealt with 
in a resolution that ended the movie. I agree. So yes, that's all you get. Uh, overall, I love this movie. Yep. I would highly recommend seeing it. I know, speaking for myself, I want to go see it in the theater again. Yep. I think I'm we can agree too. that yep. we both really do. Uh, it's it's a really important movie. If you like being entertained and being made happy, I think it's something your kids would enjoy. Yes. I think your adults would enjoy. I think your old folks would enjoy. We cannot overstate the soundtrack. Oh, my God. The songs are so good. For real. Great performances across the board, too. Um, yeah, this is up yeah. immediately up there with, like, Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music. It has me, to be. As, dude. like, Look classic. An amazing it's, family movie. It's so good. Yeah. Well, and just the musicals. Yeah, I mean, for that, sure. That That's aspect I mean. yeah. of, like, it's right up there with those immediately. Yes. Uh, 9.5 out of 10 for me. All right, I'm going to go 9.3. Okay. Yeah, very good movie. Maybe one of, uh, in combo, the highest rated movies ever on Fresh Hops. Yeah, dude. That's really good. Um, So quick PSA. If you're just joining us for an episode, this is your first time listening in, we have a third segment of the show called The Danger Zone. And that is where we talk about this movie as if we've all just come from the theater. So if you want to avoid major plot spoilers, pause this episode, go see the movie and come back and listen. Um, we I don't know how much we're actually going to spoil. We say that a lot, but uh, you've been warned. Please come back because we love you. Bye. Too, too, too much. Yeah. No, I, love I love you. you. Okay, I, I love you. Johnny Sum, can you think of anything better than a warm glass of milk, or in your case, soy milk, a plate of cookies, and somebody reading you a story? Boy, that just sounds magical. It's, I'm getting emotional because that's so nostalgic. It's the best. I have great news for you and our listeners. You're going to read me a story? I'm not, but with over 180,000 titles, audible.com can read you. Any story. Can they read me Moby Dick? Yeah, I'm sure they can. Herman Melville, by the way, go look that up. Because as a listener of this show, you can get a free 30-day trial of audible.com with a free book download by using our affiliate link, which is audibletrial.com slash FHC. So you tell me I type that into my computation device and someone will read me a story while I eat these cookies? It's no joke. Like I said, 180,000 different books, people reading all those books to you. You get a free trial, and if you don't like that free trial, you can cancel it within 30 days, and you can keep your free download. Audible. Check it out. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash FHC. Go get that book. Get your story on. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome how long have we been doing the danger zone? I don't know. My so whole life? Yeah. I live in the danger live zone, bro. Live it, love it, or leave it. Yeah, I grip guess. it and rip it. That's how I rip live. Rip it and rip it? Grip it and rip it. That's, That's how weird, I live. I don't like to bop it, pull it. <laughs> grip it, rip bop it. it. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's the danger zone. We're getting weird. So, Anyways, we're back. Yes. We have another beer to throw at you. It's the second beer of the night. It's our last beer of the night. I wanted to say third beer. Yeah, every time. Yep. But um, this is our second beer. Tis. Is there anything you want to say about the movie while I'm pouring this I, beer? I don't want to. I don't want to give away anything necessarily about the plot. I just really want to um, say again how much I love these songs. Yes. Uh, we, I meant. Sorry, I meant to say this in my highlights thing. I set myself a goal for January, and I've, as you all maybe know, I've been cycling in my life the past few months. But I had to take a month off or so because I had bronchitis ish. I still kind of do. Uh, it's on the way out, but. Anyways, got back on the bike uh, on January, well, actually December 31st, but I started counting on January 1st, and I am adding a mile a day to uh, my, my I don't know, distance. I started at 14 miles, and this is all going to come back to the movie in a second. But so then yesterday I did 15, today I did 16, tomorrow 17. What? 
what? Yeah. Um, by the end of the month, I'll go on a 44-mile bike ride, That's totaling crazy. my miles for the month around 900. That's crazy. It is crazy. So I'm not equipped. every day, do you just ride a half a mile further? No. So I plot it out on here on, okay. on the computer and like find a route. I try to not go the same place exactly twice because it gets boring. Mm. Um, but the point is, on my last, because uh, last, it took me about an hour today, a little bit less, but on the last um, 15 minutes, I threw on the soundtrack, the main, the, the, the greatest show. Did song. you already buy it? No, I was Spotify. Okay. Um, and boy, I haven't looked at my stats from the ride, but I picked up the pace. Yeah. It's just such a good soundtrack. It is. Um, so that's what I wanted to say. Just really like go listen to the soundtrack if you're on Spotify or you have YouTube access, mm-hmm. which everybody probably does. <laughs> you know what the internet is, right. you can hear these songs. But more than anything, go see this dang movie. Yes. It's so good. It's really freaking good. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. This will be in my top 10 for the year, which oh. we will do, Ooh, by I the like way. It. Yeah, we're keeping track this year. Yeah, we, we kept loose track um, of last year. We have all of our ratings, obviously, in the podcast. But we didn't write them all down. And for a moment, I thought about going back and finding them all. But that might have taken more time than we have on this earth. So I didn't. Yeah, we, we both were like, that would yeah. simply take forever. Uh, which is kind of a fun opportunity for a contest. Not a contest. A <clears throat> collab. No, not a collaboration. You play with us. You make your ratings for movies and beers, specifically movies, because I think more people have access to movies uh, and, yeah, yeah, a, than specific beers. It'd be a chore. If we do a beer that you have had or yeah. would like to go to Spike's Bottle Shop where we get right. 99% of our yes. beers, uh, yeah, it'd be fun to play along. Right. So and, like by the end, like in June, we'll check back in and be like, what do you guys think of all the movies that you've seen yeah. and watched? I think we'll revisit the... Those are the same thing. I would like to do quarterly, maybe. Sure. We I'm could super pick, pick a favorite of the quarter, yeah. and then by the Christmas episode, we'll have yeah. a top four. Sure. But we each Get have a top, top four. 12. Yeah, that we narrow it down to. Totally. That would be great. Yeah. So that and Plus, that way at the end of the year, we're not going through yeah. so many things. Yeah. Yeah. So like quarterly, we'll have like a best of the quarter. That sounds great. Cool. Okay. Let's do it. My prediction then is that this might be my favorite, could be my favorite movie of the quarter. Definitely top three. You would, know, that's it's, my guess. It's since we've seen one movie this year so far, it's it's top of the it's heap. It's definitely for me top right for now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a game we'll play. We'll just be like, okay, what's the does top this of the, top? does this week's movie kick out? Yeah, the greatest showman. Yep, that's we'll play it. That game. We're calling that segment top of the heap. Top of the heap. Deal. Top of the heap. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie before we get to the beer? <sighs> I'm going to see it again tomorrow. I made plans while you, we were on oh, the break. <laughs> good for you, man. So that is confirmed. What time you go? Uh, I don't know yet. Got to figure that out with the lady, the counterpart. Right. I told her we'd go play some more pool tomorrow, too, so we got to work that in. Oh, nice, man. I should probably brag about the cool thing I did. Please. Yeah. So her birthday is the 6th of January. In three days, because we know what day it is. Yeah. Well, when this drops, it'll be... <clears throat> I might do it tonight, man. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to get towards the earlier episode releases anyways. So. Getting wild. We'll see. But anyways, uh, yeah, and her birthday always kind of melts into Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I, she's had this pool cue that her grandpa gave her before he died. And a while back, the, the tip broke. And it's just been sitting in the basement for okay. like... Oh, right. Yeah. For like two years. So I found a pro shop uh, that would actually refurbish it. And I had the whole thing like fully restored to like better than original working condition, mm-hmm. and I gave it to her today. There you go. How did it? Uh, how did? It, how was it received? Waterworks. Oh, there you go. Tears. Yeah. Tears of joy. <clears throat> That's great. And she cried too. Yeah. Good. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, that was fun, and we went and played pool, and we're gonna be playing pool a lot. Cool, man. Uh, where do you play? Nowhere. All right. Secret. Yep. Okay. Don't bother me. 
We play at a pool hall in Yuba City. Yeah. Join us there. We drive to Sacramento. Leave me alone. It's me time. Yeah. How did yeah. you get onto that? I just want, I forgot. I was going to okay. talk about it. Cool. Great. Yeah. That's all. Yep. Check that Checked. off. Uh, movie. Anything else? Oh, because I didn't, I was planning my night tomorrow. That's right. And then we talked. We know things. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll let you know what time we're going. Please do. Because we might. Yeah, I might. I might be free. Let's do it. Great. All right. I mean, I'm always free. Yeah. American. That's right. But also, I saw your hat, and what I thought, it? that's a good transition that nobody will understand. Yeah. I love Perfect. my Cryptek America hat. Yeah, we're both wearing very, like, I'm wearing a Carhartt hat, and you're wearing an American flag hat. Like, yeah. But not like a tacky one. There's like tacky American flag hats, you know? Yeah, this is like a military American flag Yeah, hat. I'm taking us off tangent. I'm sorry. That's fine. Try your, we can talk about our hats. Try your beer. All right. I want you to taste this and tell me what style of beer you think it is. Oh, okay. You go first. Are you? Yeah, you're... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, stick around at the end of the episode after the credits. Not credits. After the song. We have credits? We, yeah. This episode is brought to you by you. Remember when we said that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but seriously, stay till the end of the song. Okay. Song? Yeah, after our theme song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it a theme song? It is. Anything's your theme song if you play it before you do things. Sure. Or after, in this case. Yeah. Then would be an Or out- before the thing that I'm talking about will happen after. Then it'd be an outro. It's an outro. Yes. Stick around after the outro for the thing that will happen after it. Yes. So we are drinking for our second and final beer tonight, a beer called Goths and Vandals. Huh. I, don't, I don't know about that. I'm not sure that that was the right reaction. Hang on. This is... Um, this is a beer. Is it a barley wine? From Brewerie de Molen from the Netherlands. It is a Belgian strong dark ale. Clocking it at okay, 11.1%. This is a limited uh, brewed once beer, and it is no longer brewed. So this beer has been retired. When do you have a bottling date on this bottle? I do not. Dag nabbit. Yeah, but it was re- uh, this was added uh, on Beer Advocate in 2013. Oh, wow! So this bad boy might be a few years on it, man. Because <clears throat> it's 2018, January 3rd. Because we know what day it is. Yes, <laughs> we're smart. Uh, wow, there's a lot here. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. Mm, I'm confused. About me? Whether I like it. Oh, yeah, me too. We are both I'm confused. getting a lot of, like, plum yep, on the it's, nose. It's, it's a lot of, like, plum, datey. Yeah, dark stone fruit. kind of, like. Man, that's, no, that's interesting. Mm. There's a lot there. But I get some, a lot of, like, mm, that'd be, like, burned cranberries. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Like yeah. A, a seared, like a charred stone fruit. Yes. A little bit of wine, some earthy mustiness. You're on point, man. It's like you're a Cicerone. You're like, did you like step it up? I don't know. There's something about you. You're describing, there's words that I've never. I've just been trying to expand my vocabulary as far as tasting, like accurate tasting words. Uh, Once you understand like the five things that your palate can pick up, it's a lot easier to discern which pathway your palate's being led down. Yeah, interesting. You know, it's like salty, sweet, bitter. Oh, there's a weird one too. Uh, Umami. Is that it? Yeah. It is because I always think it means edamame. I'm like, why would that right? be something? Well, umami, t- that's right. Yeah, it's and the, that's uh, basically it's the the taste of something that makes you feel good. No, it's not a definite taste. It's an undefinable taste. Interesting. Yeah, there's certain places that have like a umami burger. That's, what? Yeah, that can't be right. No, I'm, really. I'm, I'm gonna. Not. It's not that I don't believe you. I just want to read it. No, it's fine. If you want to pull up like an exact definition, that's maybe a bit easier to understand, more palatable. Oh my god, it's a Zumami burger. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's actually okay, this is weird. Wow, interesting. So yeah, it's a it's a feeling that's induced by taste. 
It's yeah. it's it's indescribable, but you know it when you're tasting it. Have you ever had something where like the symphony of ingredients come together to form this just orchestral masterpiece in your mouth and you don't really know any one thing that's making it do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that. That's umami. So I'm getting a couple different things. What you're saying is true, but there's also, in a more basic sense, it's like associated with meaty tastes. Okay. That's so weird. But yeah, there's, it's like a- Like a, rich meatiness. It's also like a principle sure, of, okay. of flavor. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, there's different foods that can be rich in umami. Uh, That's wild. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a trip. I guess I guess I wouldn't really like the idea of having like a meaty tasting beer either. That sounds no. gross. Yeah, it's more of when it comes to anything other than meat, apparently, it's right. just an indicator of overall pleasure. Hmm. It's just a pleasurable taste. Interesting indeed. And sometimes it's how multiple elements of the things that we can taste come together. Like yeah. if something's just savory and just sweet enough, or you know, it's bitter cool, man. and balanced by sweet. So I don't know. This beer is interesting. It is interesting. I don't know if I like it or not. I don't know if you have to include enjoyment when it comes to appreciation. Like, I appreciate this beer, but I don't know if I, like, enjoy it or whatever. You know? Enjoy it or whatever. Like, whatever. You, I don't know if you have to enjoy something, but <laughs> there's a case for that. I get I get well, that you could you could make a hard case for, like, if you like a beer, you have to enjoy it as well, but well, I don't know. Certain styles, uh, I can tell you why they're good mm-hmm. but i technically don't, I don't speaking, like it technically speaking totally. i can tell you why like a belgian triple yep is good and what flavor notes and what they have done right yeah yeah but i might not like the beer at all and that's what you know, i remember <coughs> in certain things i've said that like well i know it's good for what it is mm-hmm. you know? yeah we've talked about that yeah but this is interesting it's i want to know what kind of barrels it was aged in because yeah, i feel like it is very whiny port wine maybe mm-hmm. yeah it's really sweet too but not there's something else with the sweetness that's not... I almost get like a... Uh, raisiny. Raisiny, I was going to say chocolate. Like a really subtle chocolate, like, but a chocolate-soaked... What are those? You know, like those chocolates with rum on the inside? Yeah, like a like a chocolate cordial almost. Yeah, but if the rum was wine. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of, you know, a lot of that going on. Yeah. It's definitely like chocolatey, stone fruity, earthy. Yeah. It's certainly not a savory kind of like if you consider like a coffee taste to be savory. I don't get any of that. It's definitely all sweet. All sweet. Dark fruity. Like kinda. like um like a marmalade almost. Yeah, I can see that. Very overripe stone fruit. Mm-hmm. Like a squishy date. Yeah. Or um fig. Yeah. Figs. Figs is, is good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting so, beer, man. It's definitely like thought provoking. Right. What's the you ABV know? on this? Uh eleven one. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a big boy. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's it's confusing. It's um it's super I wish there was a way and there's not because I know that's the best way to taste things, but I wish there was a way we could avoid people or people get people to avoid hearing it. It's like it's like eating a banana on a microphone. No oh god. It's not a good sound. No? I don't think so. I, I don't to, remember what that sounds like. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways, what do you think of this? You know, it's really interesting for a barrel aged Belgian strong ale. Mm. I mean, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, There's, I kind of enjoy it too. You know, that's that's the best I can say is like mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy it. Uh, overall, it's got like a a, a pleasing mouth feel. It, it does. It's yeah. It coats your mouth a little bit, and it. I don't know. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. Very unique. This might be one of the more unique beers because stylistically, it it 
branches out in a few different ways. You know, it's it's for sure aged in wine barrels. Like, yeah, it's, it's got to be, be, right? Yeah, it's got to be. It, you know, it almost has like a mead quality to it. You know, that sweet honey wine. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know if I would have pulled that necessarily. <sighs> no, it's it's just, I then I smell it and I'm like, no, that's just dark stone right. fruit. Um, we didn't say really what it looks like, but it's, um, if you look at it in the light, it's a, it's a, it's a, well, it's, it's a darker brown with hints of red. Maybe. It's a muddy, muddy brown. Yeah. Like with lighter. With drops of blood. With, yeah, with like lighter yeah. on the edges. Almost like a rusty, like a rusty nail. If you rinse the rust off and actually have little bits of residue in here too. Uh, where'd you get this? <laughs> Can you tell me? I found it in my fridge after oh, okay. New Year's Eve. Sweet. <laughs> so mystery beer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my friend Chris bought it. Cool. Uh, brought it. Well, he hopefully he bought it too. I think, I don't know if he ever listens to this. If it's the Chris I'm thinking of, I think I saw him at Safeway the other day and uh, he didn't recognize me. I didn't make eye contact. I like looked and I was like, he's not going to know me. And then I walked away with my bananas. The one that looks like my dad? No, sorry. Different. Never mind then. Okay. <clears throat> different one. Gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was kind of a mystery. So I thought it'd be fun to mysteriously drink it together. I dig it, man. Uh, what, let's let's do it. What out of ten? Hmm. Four comes ooh, to mind. Ooh, like a ooh. like a four or five. This is a beer I would not go out of my way to purchase again. Would you if it was right in front of you and they were like, "Purchase this"? Would you do it then? Because that's like in your way to purchase, and well, I still wouldn't. It do depends it. on setting. If yeah. I'm at like a bar where they don't have any other beer, I would order a cocktail. Oh. Yeah. What yeah. if if they didn't have any other alcohol? This yeah, I would drink it. Then, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, duh. Yeah. What are you saying? Yeah, about? it's what. If sure. It, if it was between this and four loco, Max. Oh, four loco. No, I don't know, man. I don't, I hate that. That's I hate 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 that. That's my thing. The shame <laughs> is, it's just my fault that it's my thing. Yeah. I just it, didn't see the movies, and like nobody realized. More people know about that joke than know about our podcast somehow, which is so weird. <laughs> and people, as far as people are concerned, like I just like Four Loco, Boy, and that's not the case. That's like the shit on your shoe that won't rub off. It is, it. man. You get that Four Loco flavored shit. I don't even mind Four Loco. Like now, I do. I mind it more because of this. I think you're mad at Four Loco because you enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is. Got, it's it's very tasty. Max, do you have a complicated relationship with Four Loco? <laughs> I don't know if, like, if you would define complicated as me liking but hating it and them shamelessly keeping on making it. That's kind of the definition. You have a very... That is, you're right. Yes. Your, your relationship is very conflicted internally. I don't want to talk about for look. Anymore. All right. So... <laughs> That's why, yeah. That was last episode. Okay. So I don't know. I'm going to give it like a four or five. I'm going to give it a... I'm, go ahead. Sorry. 4.5. I'm going to give it a six. I don't know why I'm higher than you. I don't either, but it's it's interesting. You know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of things that turn into caveats for conversation, and yeah, this is good. And I'm still on a high from the Greatest Showman. So, and if you were six, super into Belgian beers and like Belgian barrel aged stuff, I don't even mind strong ales. Like Belgian strong ales, they don't don't bother me. No, I mean, my my judgment might have been a little bit critical, but you know what? Stick with it, man. That's that's how I feels about it. Yeah. Uh, so awesome movie, some really good beers tonight. Yeah. Yeah, some beers tonight. Yeah. Um, really great movie. Uh, I think we're there. I'm here. Okay. Is, do you, you go. No. This has been another yeah. fun and enjoyable episode, we're gonna, at least for us. We're going to record some stuff for our loyal patrons on yeah. Patreon. Oh, if, we've got a bonus 10 spot. we got two things to do, which I'm not going to... Well, I think we we teased it last week, but yeah. Yeah, we got a couple things. If you guys want to hear those, they're going to be a lot of fun. And if you heard that Sarah McLaughlin commercial from earlier, you yeah. know how to gain access to all this wonderful ear material. Yeah, please do. Please, please do that thing. It's fun. 
Mm-hmm. It is fun. We have our event coming up in like, oh, what is today? <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Yes. I don't know. In 10 days, we have uh, our next big Patreon event. It's going to be mother of God. a blast. It's, I mentioned earlier that I'm doing like a sober January. That's the one day this month that I am drinking. Who's about to give fuck Describe the size of Describe the size of my glass tonight. That is a five ounce tasting glass. And at most you poured like three ounces. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. I've been doing the lion's share of the drink in here tonight. You will have to drink some Four Loco at this event if you come. That's a thing that we're going to do. Mm. We're taking, we're going to have a ceremonial shot of Four Loco. Incorrect. Not incorrect. It is stouts only. There's a four loco happening. I'll, I'll mix it with a stout. And, and you wonder why people label you the four loco guy. That's a good point. We're going to wrestle with these thoughts and more and come back to you with uh, one more time to try to convince you to join us on Patreon next week. And then we'll tell you about the event and whether or not there was a four loco. But in the meantime, we're going to wrestle each other. And my name is Max Minardi. And my name's Johnny Summers. A good day. Goodbye. <laughs> This is Fresh Hop Cinema. There's probably some corner of the internet where like they like a fetish where they enjoy hearing people bite bananas. It's a place I don't want to be. It's up to that corner. Oh god, it's so specific. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know how to clear it with my own headphones. <laughs> Uh, Here's the thing. The longer you make me do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play it back before we start. So you might as well just listen. Nope. Okay. I'm um. What do we call the Instagramming? Mm. I'm trying to stay. One more good bite. <laughs> it's a crunch. It's so weird. It's a banana. <laughs> I shouldn't crunch like that. Okay. <laughs>